0: Good morning, everyone. and Welcome to the Explicit Measures podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. I don't know why I introduce myself every time. I guess I have to. This, this is the three of us. You can't you can't just you can't just
1: ignore the fact that you're you're a person and I'm a person. and Tommy's a person,
0: I guess. With the and game, not everybody knows who gosh. we are. It's true.
1: So you know. I hope by Tom now, now it's episode right? 91. It's a, it's a good intro.
0: You know, I hope yeah. by an episode ninety-one you know at least who we are. Maybe if this is your first time joining us. Thank you for joining yeah. us for the first time. We thank appreciate for, it. Thank you for
1: joining us.
2: Thanks for coming. Appreciate it. <laughs> Seth, you're, uh, you're this, your your little your uh, catchphrase.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, I'm not know. missing anything, Tommy. He's just there, waiting for there's, us. There's, there's there's a pause. There's an, there's, there's a, a oh, okay. see, Build suspense with some things. <laughs> happy Tuesday. There, <laughs> there we are. There it is. There it is. So we were... I forget sometimes what day it is. Oh my gosh! It is, it's Tuesday and it's a happy one. Gentlemen. Glad glad to be back after the long weekend.
0: So we we were talking just before the phone call about music you listen to, and I was like, oh man, I love EDM music. That's like my jam and and, uh what what do you listen to, Tommy, when you if you're working on stuff, what do you listen to?
2: So I listen to the podcast.
0: Listen to our podcast?
2: Yeah, to get the the views
1: up and also
0: (laughs) (laughs) just just on on repeat. Just on (laughs) repeat. Amazing. i listen listened to this I fantastic
1: tried... podcast called Explicit
0: Measures. Yeah. <laughs> On repeat. <laughs> uh, That's amazing. Talk radio.
2: I used to do like, like rapper ba- baseball. or classical. It's, it's
0: baseball talk radio, right?
2: It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah, there's
0: there's really nothing else. There's no other real, real, real podcast. Yeah,
2: but any other actual music will get me too far down rabbit holes, which I guess really doesn't help because that happens anyways, but... <laughs>
0: Hard to get out out just of get it. you down a rabbit hole faster than a, a, a talking. I don't. I would have a hard time listening to someone talk and focusing on what I'm doing. I would just get distracted. I would get yeah. more distracted, I think, by the the talking than I would being able to do my work. I, I don't know if I Le- can do that.
1: lyrics lyrics mess me up. Like, it's true. I, I was a huge huge when I was doing a lot of coding EDM fan. Like do 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 Yeah, exactly. wow. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, <laughs> The only the only one I could never like I had a I had a I met a guy at one one place that was into hard metal and it's almost the same thing because you can't mm-hmm. even you're
0: like whoa whoa
1: whoa 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 yeah you know and just, da, 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 da. and I I don't have a beat right this guy was a drummer but like towards mm-hmm. the end like your legs are going underneath your desk and you're oh, like yeah. pounding on the thing it's <laughs> like okay <laughs> like, hey, get you get your blood flowing.
0: I've I've done the full full gambit but yeah anything with lyrics messes me up yeah I can't do lyrics I think I actually have a I have a a playlist made just for songs without lyrics and I keep collecting songs Mm -hmm. without lyrics and put them in that bucket so I can then as I I find them I can then use them for like work things so that's definitely definitely a thing I guess not so much music now that said that you're you're doing management stuff
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a little difficult to like talk to somebody, and you're like, "Hey, we really need to talk
0: to blah 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 Your like performance is a little bit best, lacking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the the EDM's doing. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait! Hold on. There's the drop part. I love the drop part. <laughs> uh, yeah, that would be good. Amazing. <laughs> there's some events coming up this week. Uh, we probably should pay a little bit of time to that. Tommy's there's a this week. Yeah, Just, how about today. Today. Also today. Yes.
2: So there is the Power Platform 24 virtual conference. The three of us at 4 p.m. Central today, mm-hmm. Tuesday, the 15th of March, are doing an Ask Me Anything about Power BI, I guess. So if you want to register, nope. I guess it's about the
0: Not even going to be about yeah. Power BI. It's going to be about flowers and gardening. So if it's actually about Power gardening. BI
2: and not related to the podcast, we got nothing for you. <laughs> so. Register for that. I'm going to send the link in the live chat. And then if you're listening and it's also still Tuesday at before 4 PM register, and then there'll also be a link to, if you want to ask a question beforehand to kind of get first dibs, there'll be a form to do that as well. So that's exciting. It's going to be a little fun. We'll see if we actually get people that come.
0: We had, we had some questions show up beforehand this time, which is great. We we love, we love when people send us questions before we get it started. So that just, just makes it even, even better for us. We just enjoy that. and. We love engagement with the community. Community is really fun. A lot of really nice, uh, really sharp people. I feel like I'm a better person. I learn a lot from the community and what they ask. So yeah, feel free to bring some questions. Tommy, you're going to put the link in the chat window. Just did. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, in addition to that, we actually are hosting Steve Campbell from, um, oh, I forgot the name of the company that he works for. He's out of London now. He just moved back over there. He was over here in our area, but Steve is now going through and doing a three-part series on data modeling basics, just kind of like, what is a star schema? How do you make stuff like a star schema? Why do we build things a certain way in data modeling? So we're gonna do a part two today around noon, I think it's noon central standard time. And then part three will happen tomorrow, it's Wednesday, at noon as well. <clears throat> and then I think this this Friday, for anyone who's following along, on Friday we have uh, Matthias doing PBI tools. For those of you who don't know what PBI tools is, It's a tool that allows you to decompile a Power BI file into its components, its pieces. The same way you would do like a BIM file or you'd use Tabular Editor, you can actually save a Power BI file into all the components of it and then you can reconstruct it. Uh, So it's more like a CI, CD pipeline type uh, tool that you can use to decompress and compress files. So really, really cool. We're very happy to have him on, on the podcast or actually on the YouTube channel on Friday, so anyways. A lot of stuff going on this that week exciting yeah that old steve campbell man guys steve's good campbell. man amazing yeah. tools that that guy man that build. yeah He's i use long this long. i use the <clears throat> external tools so he has made the split pbx file so if you have a pbx model together he'll split it for you with a some PowerShell. uh he also has the um reconnect but what's it technically called is it reconnect or what's it called the the other tool there I can't remember the name of it, but it allows you to take a live connection and strip out a live connection off of a PBX file and allow you to repoint it locally to a local data model. So you can kind of repoint. And that's one of the things you can't model. change. Yeah, because you because once you've connected a, a thin report to a Power BI data model, you can't change it from anything else other than what's in this, the Power BI.com service. So you can't yeah. develop locally on your machine. So this tool allows you to then remove that connection and then use it locally on your machine. So very interesting stuff there as well awesome
2: i what? feel like we should pay homage real quick to uh a uh, mr greg baldini uh, oh we yeah had, yeah we, so, we we
0: got to talk into after our last episode we'll yeah. say that we we did we did uh, yeah uh-huh. so
2: we after we did our dax hacks that you may not be aware of calculated
0: columns and all that i know it's well fighting words
2: g- <laughs> greg took um uh, a little issue or i guess not issue passion uh, to it well yeah, well I think he was a little a little offended that we didn't ask him who he said his middle middle name is Dax Hacks.
0: Yeah. So he had some ama- so he's, he was chatting with us. He's got some amazing deck Dax Hacks. like Just
1: re- redo an episode, or is this
0: like a This pub? is Dax Hacks part two? Part I think it's but a website. <laughs> <in life. laughs> so
2: I'm going to name a few, but I'm not going to explain them at all, just because I, I had to write them down.
0: Whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh, whoa,
1: Tommy. Don't, don't oh, give uh, away the, the hold beans. On, hold on. Hey. No, I wouldn't say any of them. Just say, don't, hey, Baldini schooled us. Schooled us. He sent us some really good ideas. Yes. They're coming in the next episode. We're going to do another episode. We're going to do Dax Hacks, Hacks too. Yeah, okay. don't, don't, yeah, we got a whole other episode yeah. for this we one. We have to be able to explain everything so i know we have the secrets <laughs> off
0: awesome but but he gave us like i don't know six of them i think i understood about four uh, wow, of them like 15 That's fantastic yeah yeah thanks greg really really good stuff so um we're gonna we're gonna if you want to school us because we're just <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're just talking heads feel free to reach out <laughs> yeah go to power bi slash podcast and put your dax hacks there <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it was really good so i will say this the techniques he's using are very impressive. I did not know a, a lot of these. I had heard of them a couple times, but I hadn't seen them implemented. So we will we will for sure revisit Daxax Greg, thank you very cool. much for keeping us honest here. Uh, we will redo that again. And we're gonna discuss these things at more length and in detail. And we'll all probably have to do homework to figure out, yeah, understand how they work. <laughs> Why well, are- don't we just
2: make them do our user group?
0: There's a session that, that would be that would be a great. Yeah, so there's enough the Dax hacks to do a whole session around yeah. things like this. So we'll have to reach out to him, see how he feels about it. So I I like that idea. That's really good. So let's let's transition over to our actual topic of the day, which I think will be an interesting topic. It's it's around as a role. Do you a role of a you know a job? Your job, right? So is your is your job in consulting or is your job like in a, inside an organization? Right, so you're probably you may be you know internal consulting for your company, but the idea here is if you're a consultant or if you're well, let's call it this way, if you're a W two or a ten ninety nine, right? So <laughs> ten a ten ninety nine means you're a consultant and someone pays you to show up to do things, and then if you're a W two, you're hired by a company and you're you're part of that organization. So our conversation today is really around ten ninety nine versus W two, um, whatever that conversation is. So let's just kick it off there. Tommy, just kind of give us an introduction. Where are you thinking we we're going to take this topic today?
2: Well, hopefully not to taxes.
0: Hopefully so, not to taxes. It's yeah. coming though, but not this I think,
2: topic. I think this question comes it's come up a lot in our conversations from our own experiences, but it's I think framed around for Power BI Pro, long-term, short-term, is what are the distinct differences in terms of if you had two identical people, one went to consulting, one worked solely in house? What would they look like after five years? Would one have a better skill set? Would one be more ready to for the next step?
0: Okay. That's not where I was going to take this, but that's a good, it's a good place to go. I like it.
2: I'm really intrigued to see where you're gonna take it then. So, but uh <laughs> but basically like is not as is one better than the other? Do we have that opinion? What do you learn in one that you would never get in the other? Could you get those skills in one of the uh, in one of those environments and really just how different are they for a pro?
1: So here, here's a caveat question, right? I, th- I, I, I know myself. Mike is still consulted. Tommy, have you consulted
0: before? Um, on the side, currently, yeah. Okay, so, yeah.
1: so smaller. you so, so. There's going to be nuance to this conversation, I think, uh, which there always is. But like, and Seth, I think you've done consulting I, for a number of years, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was consulting for five years or so. In, in a, I'd still call it a small firm, Yeah. right? Yeah. I think there's a difference, a distinction, and we, we might not have like the full picture between like a smaller consulting firm versus mm-hmm. large. Yeah. And consulting on your own, like running your yep. own thing or being your own consultant. Yep. Uh, and and then the FTE, which you, you could delineate into small and large companies as well, right? But as we walk through here, benefits of one to the other, I, I think, I'll be I'll be referencing probably some of the layers more directly cuz I know them very well and anecdotally I know like the large firm kind of stuff too. Yeah. But typically typically in my work experience I've always been in a small to medium-sized company.
0: I've I've worked in a very large company but you know l- I feel like very large companies also break down into business units, and business units then kind of act like more of that medium to small. You, mm-hmm. you can't manage one entire company through an, an, a massive group. I mean, it just doesn't work very well. But, I mean, I've worked for a Fortune 100 company. I've worked for a couple small ones. I've worked as a consulting for a consulting company, and now I own my own consulting company. So I kind of spread the gamut on the consulting pieces of things.
2: I'm going to be interested to, when you guys speak on the consulting side, especially working for an agency, how much I'll, um, I guess, get from my previous experience when I worked at a digital marketing firm. And okay. basically, I, so I am interested to see if there's any correlations or anything that there's overlap. From For myself, the only real true, like at an agency working was out of digital marketing. Yep, doing analytics for them, worked for a larger company, We're for a middle, uh, medium sized company now, and then I do the LLC solely on the side. Yep. So that's kind of the experience that I bring. But yeah, I think you guys met at a consulting
0: firm. We actually met yeah. at a user group, and then we the kind of you know, with your forces combined, we became Seth and Mike at. <laughs> At our, our consulting firm for a number of years. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Did you start? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Did you start in Power BI at the consulting firm?
0: No, I started Power BI tips at my uh, company that I was working at at the time. I was working at, at the time. Yeah, I was working right, at, out the, right out of the gate. Right out of the gate, like Seth, mm-hmm. Seth and I. I think I knew Seth from the user group. The user group started very early. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, Power BI yeah. started. They were like user groups, and they, so very early on, I think they had user groups. I was trying to figure out how to get involved because I was at the beginning of the program. Again, I have a couple downloads on my machine where it was Power BI Designer back in 2015. And then it changed very quickly over to Power BI Desktop. So I remember that happening. I think when the user group started, Seth and I met there. And then we happened, like we, I think we knew kind of each other. We probably talked a little bit. I mean, I've talked way too much, like always. But then we went to Seattle for the very first Business Insight Summit. I convinced my company to let me go. Seth was there. And I, I I talked to Seth. I was like, I kind of the one of the only people I knew there at the group or at the session. Like, dude, I got I'm gonna build this website. And he's like, Yeah, okay. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna do this thing. And he's like, You should do it. You should definitely if you're passionate about it and you can kind of keep it up and do it. You should totally do it. And I was like, Yeah. And then I left. And then I started March that year. I mean, I think the Insight Summit was around march april time frame or something like that but like right around march is when i said yeah i'm going to do this i'm going to start it and then i started the website at that time and i just kept running it for a whole year i think that was around and then there was then there was this
1: part where i was like hey mike i've been reading your blogs do you have anybody reviewing those Nah, things? man
0: not, just throw them out i just throw them out Let's do it
1: can i can i can i read? can i review do, would you mind if i
0: <laughs> polished them up a little bit yeah they're they're <laughs> they're pretty raw in the beginning there right so. mike's like yes Sure. So that, that was kind of the beginning of, yes. of the website. <clears throat> so back to our, our topic though. So I, I definitely, I would say I feel comfortable with the lar- the small firm, maybe even I would call it maybe even a medium firm for consulting. I don't think I've ever worked with people from a large firm. I mean, I, I know other MVPs yeah. who live in that space. Um, and it sounds to me working in a large firm has what I have up here, um, the same kind of bureaucracy that comes with a large company. So um, one of the things I'll, I'll just point out, I'm going to throw out a topic part here and we can talk about this for a little bit or we can move on. But I think one of the, the two, two observations about consulting versus a FTE or full-time employee, one observation about consulting is I think you get, uh, I think it's more focused on what you work on. So in, in a full-time e, FTE position, yes, there are things to get done. Yes. You got to get things accomplished for the day. But I feel like of the people I've hired under my business, and now that I'm hiring people and teaching them from corporate America into consulting, there's this level of you you only really needed to work for four to six, six and a half hours a day. You kind of could screw around for another two hours and not be too much loss on what was going on. And I'm serious. Like, and you come into consulting and now that every hour you have is tracked, it's billable or non-billable mm-hmm. or like whatever you do. So there's a level of like responsibility that I think comes along with consulting. And so the guys that I work with or have, have been around in that consulting space are like, consulting is actually much more focused attention, focused d- focused effort, right? Because you, you want to be doing a good job for the client. You don't want to be just billing them willy-nilly. Like, so it is it is an intentional um, kind of a hyper focus, right? If you're putting eight hours of work in for that day, it's a solid eight hours of work. And you better be like doing stuff that's productive towards whatever you said you were gonna sell to the client. Now, that's how I wanna run my business. So I have a very intense focus on doing that. And I'm not sure all consulting firms do that, but I feel really bad it, it, for consulting firms that just, they kind of just bill things and it just kind of happens, right? So I, I don't, I'm very focused it, on what yeah. are we delivering? Not that you aren't in a a company, but I think there's a little bit more fluff inside a little bit of rust off the brain there.
1: You know, Yeah, yeah, I I mean, you want to find people that uh, and it is kind of a shift if you've never had the experience to understand that all of your time is going to be billed against somebody. So, yeah, I I mean, it's very it's an awkward transition where it it does it, it. pushes your mind back from distraction or whatever, because you're providing value to somebody that is directly paying for every minute of your time. And um, when you know some of those rates, yeah, you know, you should,
0: you should. Yep, and it's the difference of like, okay, I'm working on something on my cube, like this, I'm thinking the corporate world versus, I'd be working on something on my cube and someone would come by and say, hey, I got a question about XYZ thing you're working on. It may have been, it's part of my job to assist them and to help them out in an FTE type position, right? Yeah, you have a question about this report? No problem, let's talk about it. But it, it takes your focus away from what you were working on, which was like your, your boss's objectives of X, Y, Z things that you're gonna need to get done, right? So yes, it's still part of your job. Yes, you're doing that, but like in the consulting space, you don't want that kind of behavior, right? So yeah. you know, uh, every hour or every minute that I'm running to go get a coffee or I'm talking with a colleague about solving some problem on a different project, I'm technically not billing their project, but I'm helping them out to get their stuff done but that's also taking time away from me to work on my project and what I'm doing. So I think your, your, your focus kind of shifts a little bit there. And, and that's one of the points I would make.
2: And I I would say that's really for any agency or consulting firm, because that what you guys are explaining to me sounds exactly like my time in the marketing firm. Yep. Where yes. we had the set hours, the yep. retainer, yep. or, you know, the set yep. hours, like you have to work five hours on this. Yep. So we have to show five hours that we did this and here's the del- the
0: re- deliverable. But just saying you so, work five hours is not helpful. It's like you have no, to be like, no, okay, no. Yeah, what did I do in five boss. hours? Yes, right. show like and, I, I ran right. this analysis, I pulled these numbers, yeah, I did I, this thing. There was like a, there's a physical output. The that statement you're, of work doesn't yes. say work. Yes, so yes, exactly hard. right. Right. 100%. And as
2: I said, the Liverpool's. Yeah. I mean, I think that's universal between any consult anytime you're getting hourly or yes. the same in work compared to something in house. Yep. So I guess from the, from the business intelligence, the power BI space, then let's talk about that in terms of like from the in house power BI world, mm-hmm. I think depending on how much you've adopted it, you did hit on a point that I, I do want to, uh, kind of focus on is where you get you do have your tasks and your projects that you're working on in-house but and you, you also get that plethora of hey this is broken or hey can you fix this or yes. hey can you update this and then you also are kind of at the mercy of any executive something's broken we need that we need to pull this from our database now so, so uh, this is
1: this is where this is where there's a big distinction mm-hmm. at least in my mind yep. right big consulting firms like they have dev shops. It's all, it, It's got to be almost very similar to being an FTE, you know, in a large corporation. Mm-hmm. The only distinction is you're doing time tracking. And I think in consulting, there's there's this added: the more certifications you get, the more like value you present as an individual, the more valuable you are to the business because they'll charge more for your time, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in terms of all of the experiences that you're starting to dive into, Tommy. Not everybody gets that when they have consulting, you know, behind their their in in their resume, depending on the size of the firm. Now, I think you do bring up one of the distinct qualities uh, or differences I think is extremely valuable or can be is in a small to medium sized firm. If you're presented with opportunities like consulting is you selling your skills because Mm -hmm. you're an expert or you know this one thing really 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 well or you're behind you know a touted expert like your lead is the the go to person if you're utilizing the opportunity in in consulting you you can learn sales you can learn present presenting like the qualities early engagement and needs of a customer right mm-hmm. because they're they're in the market mm-hmm. to have a consulting firm solve a very focused problem and they're going to go find a place that they think can solve that problem the best. Yes. They're probably going to have a couple firms, right? So they put out a, you know, a, a, a
0: request. Re- request for proposal for, or something
1: like that. Re- yeah, for proposals, you know, putting together a proposal. Like all of these things are things you'll never get in an NFT realm, right? Yep. Like, and there's no point. But I think one of the biggest things is in those types of environments, consulting teaches you that if you invest in yourself as an individual, hmm you bring more value to the company because it's a direct like, hey, your hourly rate just went up because you passed the Power BI 101 test, right? Hey, your rate went up because now you're Azure certified. Hey, you know, like, so there's these quantifiable things that all of a sudden in your head, it, it clicks where it's like, oh my goodness, like if if I actually, you know, continue with learning above and beyond just what I'm learning in a narrow scope at at my job, I, I'm actually providing more value and it was a huge transition point for me in understanding that, hey, as an individual, the more I invest in myself, the more valuable I am, no matter where I am, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if I'm at a company or consulting or whatever. And I think that that's something that regardless of where you are, yeah. like, Why we keep pushing a learning mentality, because we've all learned that the more time you invest in yourself above and beyond just like your experience, and that could be consulting or FTE, the more valuable you're going to get. And um, that transition, you know, between consulting to FTE on the flip side is while an FTE may not have like the time tracking, um, you kind of have to manage your own growth sometimes, mm-hmm. depending on who your manager is. But mm-hmm. I think the breadth of your experience, and the time to learn new things is something that an FTE position offers up that sometimes consulting doesn't because you can get very, very pigeonholed. Like if you're a Power BI person, and and you're good at like building reports for CRM. That that's what you do. man. like, you, yeah. you literally just are going to build Power BI reports for CRM tools. And that can be very limiting because you're just going to be repetitively trying to sell the same types of things over and over and over, or you're going to get a breadth of experience and people are going to come to you to do thing and you're not going to be able to learn the Azure suite or work with different tools or, you know, there's a little bit of that, but I I think what I found is you're doing a lot of, a lot of the same thing because you're supposed to be the expert, mind you, right? right? Like you're, companies are paying top dollar so you guys can solve a problem very quickly, right? And with FTEs, more often than not, every every company would love to have their own folks learn and do things. Sometimes you just need to accelerate and use an outside company consulting firm. Yeah. But in general, there are a lot more opportunities, I think, in FTE roles, depending on the size of the company, that you can branch out and learn things or have the time to absorb. But it's all about like, are you taking advantage of the the learning? I think.
2: I think that that's actually a perfect point, and I think for the in-house, it's depending. You have more flexibility to be known or develop different skills, but you have to take that initiative
0: in-house. Yeah, I totally agree with that.
2: And um, also, because again, you're not. It's not like, hey, I want to learn this in a consulting firm. It's like, well, you're getting built for this, and this is where we need the hours. But if you can position yourself. And I think there's a currency for someone in-house. It's not necessarily the, an hourly rate where that's how you'd value someone from the consulting side. I think it's the time. So I think for someone in-house can build their skills, but they, they are recognized not based on an hourly rate in terms of their stature. It's basically their ability to, are they basically getting asked to do reports? Is that their role? Or are they in a sense of a leadership to kind of look and look at the company, understand different things. And I think it's easier to go that route from in-house if you have the buy-in, if you have that vision. Um, I, I can't tell you from my own personal experience, We not that we treat every department like a client, but we kind of look at each client. We have monthly meetings with each department, each, each sub We're looking at things we could do better. We're seeing their pain points and we're, I mean like what even though I'm not going through like, each part of Azure and we mm-hmm. don't have all the different scenarios that you would have in consulting and I think that's something consulting does offer because when you're an expert in something like you are going to have to deal with every different type of data uh situation that you ever had incremental refresh hybrid tables those are going to be big needs depending on the the company yep generally in house it's going it's not it's not necessarily the same situation but you're not gonna have that plethora of data scenarios so to speak
1: I feel it depends it depends it depends on yes it depends on the company role like what you're gonna be doing right like are you are you in a place that is like the same it's good it's gonna be the same thing every single day or are you in a place that allows you to expand allows you to learn new things allows you to grow right and those I think are are the the keys you got to figure out like just as much like, maybe, maybe the conversation circle up here would be um, a transition between these roles is interesting, but I think the value in me going back to an FTE position was I, was, I made sure that it was a good relationship. I made sure that the company I was going to engage with was going to be able to offer me the same types of learning, yeah. it, like I can grow in, in this area, I can learn new things, you know, and, and make it valuable and that's a quid pro quo kind of thing and and most people don't kind of get that like hey you, you you need to be just as selective in in what company you engage with or want to be part of and make sure it's a good fit for you as you know a company is looking for a valuable individual so how do you how do you how do you bring those things to the table well the more time you invest in yourself the more valuable you become to a business right mm-hmm. more negotiating power that you have because you know more, you have more experience in the same way you can start to look for and make sure that those same traits that you have or want to experience within a company are there and that they can meet your needs as well.
0: I, and I, I think I want to make, I want to be very clear. I don't think one of these roles is better than the other. I think they're just serving. I, I think they're very much needed in both places. I think there's, there's no, in my, in my mind, there is no, um, Downside to picking either one of these. I think I think just these are just like general observations that I'm seeing of like when what is the differences between these kind of roles? And and one of the differences that I think is very key here is like the volume of, of challenges you experience, I think at a higher pace. So mm-hmm. I talked earlier about like, you know, in consulting, there's just more of this hyper focused attention to I'm billing my hours, I want to be good to the client. I need I have these clear, clear deliverables that we're doing, right? I've, I've never done so much sprinting and agiling than than I have in consulting. It's a lot more around, what are you working on? What are we delivering? Like that's, in companies, they'll say, we do sprint and agile, but, <laughs> yeah. but you really need you to do you it. Back. Yeah, you, yeah you, but you know, they do it, but they just say the words, right? They're not actually de- trying to deliver things. You know, people aren't really grooming things downright. You know, we're not actually doing like uh, putting story points on things. It's, I had very few occasions where I've seen like, inside companies where we've had really, st- like, yes, they do it. It probably works. But like, I think the rigor of, of that, that methodology works a lot better in consulting. Cause then I can say, yes, okay, here's our Friday deliverable. And we're expected to come back to the company and give them, here's what we produce. These are the tables we made. These are the data there's, models we created. So I think there's, there's, there's a, a level that, there though, that's a different like,
1: too. It The the mix is, I, I 100% agree with you. on am like, uh, yeah, we do agile. We do sprint. And do you, are mm-hmm. right, you sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Right the flip side with consulting though is you're almost you're almost getting put under the gun before agile and that's kind of yeah. the wrong way to do it yes right? because I agree. essentially you have technical leaders or or people with a lot of experience and mm-hmm. this is where i think consulting is fantastic if you're in a role that allows you to do the early engagement
0: mm-hmm.
1: the early engagement with customers mm. the sitting down with executive teams figuring out what their needs like what is their why are they bringing you in like those are the super valuable types of things that if you're you know able to get into consulting like and have those experiences taking away like that meeting going and building a statement of work Mm -hmm. right like all of the things in there estimating what that full project is going to be and that's where it kind of goes off the rails right like because if you're agile like Yep. You, you'd you'd basically you don't take have that, one take that away. Yep. You'd go back to the team, figure out all the pieces you'd have to, you know, put into play. And yep. depending on, you know, depending on the firm, right? Sometimes maybe you're doing that. Sometimes you're just ripping out sows, you know. Um, but the fact is, is like you're you're throwing an estimate in a dollar amount because the business isn't going to engage
0: with you without some sort of litmus of like, correct, <laughs> how much right. is this gonna cost me? Yeah, exactly. You right. Know? Yeah. Are, and, are we talking like you know, $10,000 or just right. like a $50,000 project? We don't so, know. So in
1: some in some degree, you're then going to the team and being like, okay, here's your timeline and here's your estimates and here's your, you know. So it's, right. it's, it, 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 yeah, it, I, I think the value is all of this is well thought out. Right. Everything about the project is talked about over ad nauseum initially so that you I make agree. sure you understand it or at least give yourself enough time mm-hmm. and then try to execute underneath it. But yeah, the... The pre-work and thinking, I think, is sometimes um, skipped or, you know, in in, or glossed over or there's a little bit
0: of hand waving, maybe in companies, FTEs, maybe get a bit more hand waving there. Like, oh, yeah, we know we need Power BI. I mean, yeah, we know we need governance. Oh, yeah, sure. Seth will handle that and just hand wave it. And then we're off to the next thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what does that mean? It's like, three quarters whatever. (laughs) Right. (laughs)
2: Well, and the difference is in in how you can say, oh, we'll get this to you by March. Mm -hmm. Right. Compared to. Twenty hours, right? Where it's not necessarily like something you could push back. There's other priorities at the company. At every client is the priority to themselves. Yes. So I want to take that experience, specifically Power BI or in this space. Yeah. If you were to take again two identical twins who both have the same experience in Power BI, same age, same demographics, etc., one went right into consulting at medium size mm-hmm. kind of thing, and one went in house being the you know, Power BI designer and vision for the company. After five years, are they still like immediate family or are they like long lost second cousins? How similar are they in terms of their experiences, their pain points, their skills, um, and their ability to basically, you know, take a solution or take a problem, develop the solution, then build it from the technical side. How, How similar would they be able to work together?
0: I think they could totally, I mean, this is a very relative question because I, there's so many different kinds of large organizations. There's so many different kinds of consulting mm-hmm. firms. So, what? Again, I'm gonna step back on kind of what my experience has taught me. Right, when I was in a large company, I had a very narrow window of understanding around like what data they were working on and what data was relevant to them. Now that I'm in consulting and I'm at the 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 front end of the side of consulting, like I'm yeah. the architect, the principal architect, right. right? I'm talking to all the clients, I'm getting all the like the requirements in, I'm doing the estimating, I'm doing all the things that would be, you know, what we talked about earlier about pure consulting pieces, those those opportunities to go deeper with those projects. The The amount of data and exposure I get into now is f- phenomenal. Like I have been, I'm in more, I'm in almost every industry. There, is, there isn't too many industries I haven't been a- touching, like financial industry, the energy sector, Ah, uh, small, medium business, um, tech. Uh, you know, there's just basically healthcare, like the major sectors I'm playing in. But you don't necessarily get all of that if you're when you, if you're in a right. company. Typically, that company centers itself around a specific sector, and so the the breadth of exposure and what I think I've observed now is data is data. Doesn't matter what sector you're in, they all have needs. They all have a production system. Everyone needs a data warehouse, regardless of where you go. And you now have more patterns of, you know, solving these continual problems. Not to say that, you know, I'm thinking about like Chris Wagner, right? Chris Wagner acts like a liaison, a, co- a contractor inside his entire company. He helps out many different departments with his role inside um, uh, Rockwell Automation. Like that, that's his job is to help other teams kind of continue and refine things and keep. So I definitely think he has a lot of those same experiences. But again, he, he only has... The experience of his company's data. And when you start going mm-hmm. into other industries or other companies, I think you get another flavor of what's going on there. So I would say their scales are gonna be fairly com- comparable. I think the, the consultant's gonna have a bit more of a well-rounded view of what data can do in many different companies and different organizations. So I think they might have a, a bit more um, of a challenge there as well, right? So there, there's gonna be, I think, growth in that area. On the flip side, I think the people who are FTVs, they're going to deal with more internal politics. They're going to learn how to negotiate their career inside a large company. So there's a lot of drama that goes along with some of these big companies. And, you know, leadership can make or break a department. If you're in a department that has a leader that is forward thinking, pushing people, moving to newer technologies, you will do that. If you have a leader in your department that is, we are SQL on-prem all the time, that's what we do. That's all you're going to work on. So your experience yeah. level is limited based on what I think your leadership is willing to take from a threshold from a risk standpoint. The consulting space is you're coming into these situations and you're helping companies move from a safe place potentially to a, a new place or a risky place. So you're trying to get them from a, point A to point B. That's just my experience. And I'll, I'll pause there and let Seth and maybe throw some words out here.
1: Your last point was really interesting because it typically you know, consulting firms are actually pushing the bounds of yes. technical stacks. I agree you know, with a lot of companies because still even with cloud, like companies are slow to adapt. Yep. And, I would agree. and that was one thing that like, you're, you're trying to create, you know, um, some comfort, yep. you know, for those people to take that leap and yep. and you're going to help them make that leap um, in several factors. I think Mike, you're spot on the con- consulting Maybe it's the, it's the, there's a hyper focus on the additional stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's kind of like, yes, we expect you to do eight hours, and you're going to bill eight hours a day. Mm -hmm. And, and there is there is definitely this, like, you're on the bench versus making the company money, Mm -hmm. because you always want to be making the company money. So you realize that your hours are valuable. Correct. And But at the same time, then there are expectations. It's not just consulting. Smaller companies get breaks and and things like that with more certified people that, you know, um, have different levels of Microsoft certification. It eases with the licensing and things like that. So there's company I've been in companies before where, you know, we've been it's been recommended or you get a bonus or something for passing a certification because there's a a company value to that. Correct. And there is with consulting firms as well. But there's maybe it's the motivation, right? Like in consulting it's you're always on you're working for a company you're working for you know a client you you know you're bettering yourself we you know you're there's a path forward and and the the prompt or the there's always somebody kind of encouraging you to to better yourself right and maybe that's a distinction where Mm -hmm. you you need to make sure you're in a ft space that like somebody's encouraging you to keep learning Keep, yeah. keep growing yourself even though it might not like tie directly to a certification are you learning are you growing um and are you taking the opportunities in those positions and and i think maybe sometimes the the downside of the ft in regards to that is you, you you're in, you're in a position where no, nobody's going to push you mm-hmm. right you know there you have a job but unless you take the initiative then you you have to be a self-starter yes right and maybe Mm -hmm. that's the big distinction with a with a lot of folks because not everybody is you know just tied in they want (laughs) to sit sit down every day and learn more about power bi
2: this is going a little uh, i'm actually surprised on your guys's uh, opinions on the independent the, the consultant because i was going to say that my assumption was the consultant would be more well-rounded, know a lot of different skills and tools, which I think is generally the case. The one thing that, Mike, you highlighted is that the consultant is... Like if you are in-house and your company doesn't have work with supply chains, yep. odds are you're never gonna see what a good supply chain nope. data model looks I, like or I, what it should be, right?
0: And you only no. know the supply chain that you guys have been given in your company. If so you like, even have right.
2: You don't so yeah. you may
0: have one, but it may be just not functioning right optimally. What's the
2: best practice What's kind of thing? Exactly you're right. See those experiences
0: correct. It's so, the other experiences I think go along with right.
2: That. So mm-hmm. you kind of like, oh, I've seen this before, basically. Yes. Now on the other token with Seth, said, which I I actually think it's true is in in in-house if you want to look like let's say you have a a project it's dealing with something you know within Power BI or kind of some other tool if you say this is a good solution for us you can take the time to learn it that's not you know uh, on a day that's not you know that you don't have to worry about being billed. you know you're not tasked with like a consultant like hey you're the power bi developer guy you know you you build the data model this is what you do if you suggest hey i can do power apps too well maybe there's not a need for that so you're not going to really have that experience you have have
1: to sell the thing in order to work you have to
2: sell the thing you have to show your experience so i think the in-house has more opportunity not necessarily to know more tools but to become more
1: uh, you can I play more you can play more yeah you can definitely play more and this is where a lot of the yeah. really cool power bi stories come from like uh there, there's a power apps that one where the guy was at the yeah. airline right huh. and he now he's in their analytics space or something or a developer like you have an idea of how to better a business and and a business is going to be like well yeah man like yeah it's a problem but we don't have time to like solve for it like hey if uh if you can get me this license, I wanna toy around with solving this business mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Like, dude. Yeah. Right. Consult I think I think the myth here is if people think that going into consulting is gonna open this, you know, cornucopia of tools and opportunities and different things, like no, it doesn't by default do that. Correct. Right? It it's you going and learning that while you're consulting, while you're doing all these things that like could be the value of of learning those tools, but in terms of experience, I think it still rests on on engaging with business, understanding how our activities impact businesses. Um, but that's a that's a niche part of you have to be on the delivery side and not just development side of a consulting firm. And in, in terms of just like like Mike, you said different industry experience yep. absolutely yep. like something you'll you'll get better in yeah. consulting than nft for yep. sure yep um but it's not it's not like there is this kind of i think um misconception of what consulting offers because it's not like the be all end all of everything it's just nope. hey uh this this firm is going to definitely lean into you for learning yes so if you're not you know when you do your eight hours billable plan on the next two to three hours of something you're doing that's that's learning the the downside of that is it's definitely technology and tool focused yes versus solving problems focused (laughs) right and i think with an fte maybe it's um we don't do it you don't do enough of technology tool focused and you're doing too much like solutioning for the business kind of focus Mm -hmm. and if you can marry those two things it's it's a recipe for real success is is answering like solving some business problems with a new tool or th- something that you're interested in and then serving that up and saying, hey business by the way, like i'm I'm super valuable. I just solved this problem for you, but you need this new tool to do it. <laughs> you know I' don't, see you can I,
2: do that just get some problems with your family because you'll never see them well it, dude, i think no if you well, think throw, yeah.
1: throw travel into this yeah throw like throw like a whole bunch of other things like if you if you think you have if you think you work too much as an fte don't assume going into consulting is <laughs> gonna be less gonna solve right? that
0: problem. No. right i like i would you say you
1: draw your boundaries regardless of yeah whether.
0: i work harder right. more now as a con, as a consultant than i do oh. as a fte because, I, for yeah, sure
1: there's but you also own your own business.
0: I also own my, like, like right? which, yeah. So which I also, also ramp,
1: my which also ramps up the, you know, the the stress levels of. Listen, you're on the hook for everything, yeah. right? And as a consultant, you also want your consultants to feel that way, yes. because technically, I also I think the answer, like, one of the big distinctions we haven't made is, as a consultant, you have to have the answers. Mm-hmm. You're the answer person. Like people are coming to you with questions and you have to have the answer. Yes. Whereas with an FTE, it's like, Hey, do you know this? No. Okay. Go learn it. Right. Or go tell me how it works.
0: Well, and, but also too, I want to bring a point here that you guys have been touching around, but I think I want to solidify a thought in my mind that when you guys talked about it was, you know, inside the, inside the walls of an FTE, those companies have the perceived value of whatever we've, whatever infrastructure we've invested in whether it be SQL, whether it be on-prem, whatever those servers are, there's a perceived quantity of money. Like we've invested X number of dollars and time around that. And there's this idea of, I guess it's called sunk costs, right? Uh, the sunk cost concept, right? The likelihood I'm gonna try something new after I know how much I've already invested in this current thing is, is much less. And I think the risk for consulting firms to come in is much less than the company, right? If I'm a consulting firm, I come in and say, yeah, you should move everything to the cloud it's little to no risk for the for the software company or the the consulting firm to to recommend that to the company. Yes, it may be better and here's the reason why, you know, for this this and this, we can do these things faster. You can bring down your opex costs or your capex co- like the the consulting firm can come in and make a case for something to change. But the consulting firm really has no um loss if that goes well or not lo- not well. Right, so they can just basically, oh, it didn't work True. out. Sorry, yeah. see, see you later, Mr. Client. I'm gonna go find yeah. the next client. Like, and so you have the opportunity as a consulting firm. You have to be very trusting. And I think you know one of the major things that I get really bent out of, out of shape on here is consulting firms has has to have incredible amounts of integrity because yeah. you have to be able to come in and say what you're gonna do. And you literally are. They say this, but they don't. I don't think everyone does it. You're yeah. literally partnering with the clump, with the company, the client and saying i'm in this struggle with you we will figure out a way right. to get this thing better and i can't leave you in a position where you're in the lurch like you have it ha- I'm not sure it, every company yeah. does that i i i would 100% agree with that right
1: and and i would say as as someone who's been on both sides it is very important for the company hiring a consulting firm to vet the team not just the individual and and interview hmm. them a, a, like with a technical expert on your side. Yep. And if you don't have one, hire one to vet. Yep. Because there are absolutely consulting firms that will bait and switch like, you. Their their game is to get as many many contracts and and yeah. whatever signed in, right? Like, they are have they a their A game? Do they have have they done this before? Mm-hmm. Like, ha- do they have the experience to solve your problems? Because I think there's this misconception, like any consulting firm is the expert, and like, mm, is it? or did they hire junior off the street teach him you know power bi for 3 months and then now he's in your in your production system solving some of your biggest problems right like vet these people because to mike's point like there there absolutely needs to be a listen we we understand your problem and we are going to help you solve that problem um but that's typically why you're going to pay higher prices yep for better consultants because they yep. bring that experience they bring the problem solving and they can answer your problems as opposed to being, you know, I think I saw a chat on site, like the contractor in the wing, right? Like Mm -hmm. treat them as you would your normal FTE. Like, are they a developer or are they the solution architect? Right. Do they have the experience? Are they the one working on the project? Right. Like all of those are due diligence steps that companies need to make because yeah, there, there are firms out there or, you know, you get into a stack where people are, really busy around. And it, it depends on like, what are the resources that are going to be working on your systems? Yes. And how important are they? Because if it's junior, like, maybe the rate should be less than what you're charging me, you know, yeah. so there there are definitely, you know, those kinds of interactions. And um it's also how you how you gain reputation within the business or within the, the industry is versus loses it lose it as well.
2: So There's a lot of good points here. And I I want I want to mention a few in terms of kind of being on a little both sides now. Um from the in-house, I've seen the whole gambit of consulting firms. The you know, large ones who literally had a template that was not necessarily best for the business. Uh, you know, the ones who kind of go way more in depth than they need to, and you know, I think from the client side, like what am I what why am I satisfied or dissatisfied with the client? And that's what's really helped me right now, just with even on the side thing because understanding that you're right. You're not just you know dishing out the same product boilerplate template every time. Yes, they're hiring you because they want something unique for them that they can get anywhere else on the same side of it. In house, you almost the selling thing we've talked about. Like, yeah, you learn really how to sell as a consultant. Well, I've seen this too many times where someone brings a consultant in, and because they're consultant, they're listened to. Well, they're the experts, and not knowing like who is already on the team, they just didn't have the time to oh do something. Oh my gosh, I've
0: done yeah. this. Yeah, I've, d- I've been in this yeah. conversation before. This is I know where you're going with. It. Keep going.
2: Yeah, and it's basically like, well, no, well, they said they we should do that because you know we we're paying them. Kind of like, well, you're also paying this team. Well, or you're paying, yeah. The best part about and this is really the, consultants, the,
0: the consultants come in and asks the employees, the FD, so the consultants come in, ask the FTVs, what do you think is going on here? And the FTEs say, well, we have too many product SKUs. We need to reduce the number of product SKUs. It's too complicated to manage everything. It's causing you know all kinds of supply chain issues. Then the consultants turn around and write it up in their report and say, we recommend you use less SKUs in your products because it's the XYZ and adds this complexity here and here and here. And then management goes, We should now use less product skews because the consultant said, da 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 da. And you're like, why don't you just listen to your employees? They've been saying this for weeks or months or years, and we're not listening to the internals, but the fact that it came from this expensive thing that we paid for, that is what we must do. And like, that's very true. uh, I think I've been around that situation. You raise
1: an interesting interesting point because as a consultant, you can walk into a shop and and you know whether or not somebody understands what they're doing there or they don't totally yes and that can tailor that can tailor how you're going to help the company on the flip side there is what's fun as a consultant is walking into a shop where the people do know what they're doing and they just don't have the time to do this one thing that you're being hired to do but i think those are the opportunities as a consultant that you can really help out um individuals like that by reinforcing just how good they are At their job and how valuable they are to the to the business, because in those cases, maybe it's the manager who's the problem, Mm -hmm. right? Like if that's not a widely known thing and they're taking consulting advice over the person who's saying the exact same thing, who's in their own house, like. I know I've used many opportunities to be like, Hey, did you know so and so? Like this is this is exactly their thinking as well, right? Yeah. And, he, and they're spot on. And like and the eyes start going, Oh, oh really? Oh, oh, that's fantastic. Yep. Right. You use those opportunities if you have them to to really bolster yeah. internal resources because um it, it's those hardworking individuals that should should be garnering that
0: that respect right right off the gate too. I mean, you're you're at the end of the day, you're in the service industry. So like, yeah, what I tell 100% people, percent you are. What I, if, if from a consultant perspective, like the the, it's not only you're selling your knowledge, you're not only selling capability. Like, hey, we're gonna come in, we're gonna build X Y Z things. Where you're gonna be able to do this new thing that you never done before, right? That's kind of what you're selling as a consulting. But you're also expelling selling the, how do I work with these people. Do do I get a good feeling with yeah. working with this person? Do I feel like I can trust them when we we're on a phone call with them? Do they understand what I'm talking about and can relate it to something that's are like tangible? Listening. Are they listening? Yeah. Right. So my thing here is like you know, consulting firms that come in and like, well, we're the best at whatever we do. Mm, I don't think so. I don't think you are. I, no consulting firm is the best at whatever they do. There's always another consulting firm, and frankly. You can go out and get your own certifications. You can have your internal employees learn everything that the consultants know. Search search don't mean Google. So so I I definitely think there's like there's this equalizer here, right? The internet has equalized a lot of this knowledge space, right? And so I got into Azure development or anything like web apps, app dev, all that stuff, just because I started building my own website from scratch. I started learning things in there and and then started researching more stuff. I mean, the internet's a wealth of knowledge and Microsoft, it's in their best interest to make sure everyone knows all the products, all the services, get all the free training you can get because that just means people use their stuff more. So if you think that way, right? Now you stop engaging with consulting firms that are just there because they, they need to, like, now you start looking for who's gonna give me the good experience? Who's adding real value to my company inside that consulting firm? And that's what you should be looking for when you look for consultants because you are paying them a lot of money and they should be bringing value, but they should be doing it with a smile and you should enjoy working with them. If it's not, I'd argue you should go look for somebody else.
1: Yeah, I, I the, the other interesting thing you, you I, I caught in here as well is if, if I were looking for, it, it's funny how companies go out into the consulting f- field, right? Yeah. They're like, I have, a, I have a budget, this is what I wanna pay. Sure. Well, be mindful, right, that mm-hmm. with that budget, right like you're you're either capping the level of expertise that you get that's true or you should you should branch into like who you think are the best firms who might be the most expensive the mid, medium and low and what you should see is you kind of pay for what the, you get you get the, what you pay for the, est- the <laughs> estimates from the low and medium should be higher than the highest paid one mm-hmm. right like just because they're more expensive they should also probably be solving your problem faster than the other one. I agree with that too. Right. So, so in the spectrum of, and that's the nice thing with shopping around to consulting firms and, and things like that. You have, but there, there's typically time windows and and stuff on that as well. But either way, you know, um, valuable experiences can be found in both. I would totally agree. Right. Like there, you're not going to get uh, an immediate solve your. You know, it's the grass is always greener. You, you got to find the right company. Yep. Um, and I think the, the pressures in consulting can be higher because you can't miss those timeframes. Mm -hmm. You can't like, once you commit to something for a business, like, trust me, it just because the sow said 200 hours when you're at 200 and you have 40 more to go, you're going to do the 40, you're just not going to get paid for them. Yep. Right? Right. So that, that kind of
0: pressure is not fun. You, you find um, a lot of CYA you, in in that yeah. experience. Like, well, yeah. you 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 asked for these three things, and they weren't part Whereas, of what we initially asked for. In so that took in a business. Yeah,
1: in a business, it's like you missed the deliverable. Yeah, I know, but like we'll get it business, done next week. We'll get in. It, we'll get it in, in a week. Yeah
0: because it's, it's, it's sunk cost
1: less impact because then yeah. then yeah. you as a consultant or your consulting business has to be like, mm, yes, we have 40 more hours and we'd like you to pay for those. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like <laughs> companies like, no, you're going to finish the project.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why it's so important. Like, yeah, there's a lot of document what you're doing, how right. you're doing it, how close you're getting. And when there's roadblocks, it, you're see, I think you also see too, particularly from a, cons- again, this is how I run things, right? When there are roadblocks, when there is things that are challenging, that are harder to do, I think you those issues bubble up faster because that at the end of the day potentially requires more hours. You can't only eat so many hours to make sure the project yeah. comes in under time and budget. So internal to companies, I've seen stuff buried under rugs for much too long. Yeah. Big issues that have just been hidden, swept under the rug. Oh, we'll deal with it later. We'll just keep throwing band aids on things. And so I could talk about this topic for another hour. Yeah, but- <laughs> and, <laughs> that- and I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Tommy. No, ahead. no,
2: I think I, yeah, the consulting side, is a little definitely that hyper focus, but again, I see that other side of it is if you are working in house, you are the BI, you know, uh, director or mm-hmm. the, you know, the manager of the BI vision, the data integration, well, you're not, you don't necessarily have the same sway as consultants. So you really have to sell and be on top. Like, yep. I think you wear, you Definitely, if you're in that position, you're definitely wearing a lot more hats of product yes. manager. Yep, you know, uh, you that. have to see the whole thing. The roadblocks still mm. that. Con- no, I, I still so, I see so, that. Yeah, so the reason, depends, the reason yeah. I, say,
1: the reason I go, eh, real quick, is because I think one of the value. Do I think? Do I think people should go into consulting? Yes. Try to get the experiences that I, I got right where you, you get in front of businesses. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because I don't, I don't necessarily think Tommy that it's, um that it's the FTE can't garner that respect. I think with the understanding that you get from consulting, you bring a different presence into a business. Yeah, You are solving problems. You are less cared about, you le- you care less about like the politics of something. Mm-hmm. You care more about, are we solving the problem yep. collectively? Agreed. Oh, Ah, uh, this is in my area. Okay, I'm gonna reach out to this person. Oh, she, they don't know, I'm gonna go over here. Yep. Oh, they don't know, I'm gonna go over here. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna collect all this information. I'm solving the project, I'm solving this issue. Here's the issue I'm solving, right? That is what I think is missing if you're only in an FTE realm. Because if you're only only have that experience, it's probably harder to learn how to navigate some of the the nuance of your company because you're not used to just going in as the, you know, the bull in a China shop and being like, Hey, hi, my name is Seth. I'm here to solve all your problems. As right. consultant. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In a company by default gives you a lot of like leeway. Mm-hmm. Whereas as an FTE, you're, you're more cognizant. Like I'm, I'm here. I report to so-and-so. This is the, right. the ecosystem of whatever. And, and I think that's what also limits people, right? If you take a big company problem, and you solve that problem. If you take the initiative, that is what I I guess I I don't see as much in people who are only FTEs. They don't take the initiative. Right. You, if you work under somebody who's like take the initiative, man. Take ownership. Take that thing all the way and if you want to talk to anybody in the organization, go for it, man. Like but there's this trepidation that keep people in their own boxes. Completely and I think is the more of the problem that maybe consulting breaks that box because you understand that like listen regardless of the business size businesses need to solve the problems that matter the most to them are you proactively or are you supporting that effort and if you're proactively solving other problems you become more valuable to that business and the way you do that is by extending your learning or figuring out new things or diving like that's the fun thing with an FTE, you have practical examples, right, of something that you can go apply a new tool or a new solution to and say, bam, I solved this huge problem. Like, then you start to shine within an organization right. because and garner that sort of respect as opposed to just being the technical person that knows how to do something, Right. Mm-hmm. and maybe that's the big distinction right there is just like solve the problems like if you can solve the problem and do it quickly like regardless of where you're at you'll you'll succeed
2: so you kind of summed up my concluding thought but once I, you did say something I, I i have to say um i really think though that from the ftt yeah you have to take that initiative too but unlike cons- consulting firm where like we're hiring this you know, this uh, consulting firm to do X. Hey, team. Hey, people. Hey, department. This consulting firm recommended this. So we're going to update the database here. This is the new process. This is our new thing. Yes. If you try to have, if you had that same solution in-house, well, one, who's going to listen to you if you're not above them? If you're not like uh, the director underneath the team, if you're going cross department. Well, they go, well, why would I listen to you? If you, let's say you had to go to different departments or different teams in parallel, and you said, hey, you're going to change your process. We're going to change the database mm-hmm. or update the database. Mm-hmm. Well, why would they listen to you? You would have to get that buy-in where yes. the consulting firm, you
0: They're buy paying for your buy-in. Of. Yeah, they're paying yeah, for the buy-in. Yeah, so they're right saying now. this yeah, is totally. what we're going to do. So even yep. if
2: you have the solution you have to, in a sense, sell it or get that
1: experience. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I would say, agree with that. So I agree saying, with that. You're, right. you're pushing and bringing the business use case to the, and to have, the business and saying to, it's important.
2: Think a different yep. way. Mm-hmm. But I think you the what what I want to sum up, and I think what you said perfectly is, I think the skills are more similar than you would think. The difference is a consult, uh, consulting firm or a consultant is kind of thrust into that solution uh, management vision and build like lifestyle. I think for someone FTE, you have to be very proactive and uh, uh take the initiative to think that way. You could easily go through an FTE and just build what people ask you to do. But you if you find the solutions and come up with the vision, tell your boss, hey, I think we could do this. Hey, this is a better process. But I think you would have to you have to seek that out. But there's a FTE. hesitation
0: there. So that there's a whole perception. So I'm gonna just touch on this one point. Yeah. Like there's a perception of the fact, that, the fact that the company has already invested into a certain pattern of doing the way they handle data and the fact that you sometimes you're not even given leeway to be able to do those extra things. Sometimes you are, but the other hand is like you have to have the, the, the sway to produce and, and convince yeah. the company that what we've built, what we've produced today is not sufficient and will no longer meet our needs. I need you guys to spend XYZ additional effort to move it or migrate it or change something that's harder to do because now you're playing a lot more of the political game, and if your leadership doesn't trust that you're doing the right things, there's always this concept of, well, we need someone else who's had more perspective about this, right? You're asking mm-hmm. us to go to Azure SQL. Is that really the right thing that we need to do? Or maybe we should do this Lakehouse thing from Databricks. Who knows? But we know if we bring in the consultant, those are the guys that are coming in and will say, here, you know, uh, I've co- I'm going to come in and say, here's your options, one, two, three. Here's why you'd want to use one or the other. And I recommend of these three options, this one, because of cost, implementation, team knowledge, whatever that is, you expect the, the consultants come in and there is this inherent kind of, we've paid you to give us knowledge so we can make an educated decision. And I think not that you can't have it in at an FTE level, but I think there's this, this, as a good or bad, right? There's a perception that those consulting firms are coming in with that level of knowledge, whether no, they I, actually have no. it or not. Debatable,
2: and that's exactly what I'm saying. But so, so I
1: agree with I agree with you, Tommy, from the standpoint. And it's probably another podcast. (laughs) How how within an organization do you do you take those innovations, you know, to the business that you can do? Like there are cases where a business goes, "Oh crap, we have to solve this problem immediately and now." Yep. We may have resources that know how to do it, but that we we can't take them off their project. And I agree that that's a that's a real thing. They have a job. Um, I think in order to have some of those successes that are big in business, a business has to be clear about what its expect, like what its innovation ideas are for a year, right? Like, what are you trying to accomplish as a business? And are you sharing that with everybody in in your organization so that if they want to take that bull by the horns and try to solve that problem in different ways, they could do that, right? That's the first step in in order for like somebody to come up with something and say, hey, boss, like this solves this problem in the business. I'm gonna kind of work on this on the side. And if it pans out, like, can we put together a business proposal? Because I'd love to lead that charge. Okay, well, what does that look like? Well, Mm -hmm. we need somebody, so-and-so to take up these responsibilities, you know, and this and it, And then you can plan it into like the succession of you getting in to work on the new thing with, hey, maybe like, yeah, that's totally an opportunity, but we need to hire a BI developer behind Mm -hmm. you to do these things behind you so you can focus on that. And if we can do that within, what do you think? Three to six months. Fantastic. Let's let's bash it out. Let's propose it. Man, this, is another, this is another. But whole, you have to be yeah. proactive. You have to be proactive yeah. with it more so than like a company being proactive itself and going out and finding a third party. Oh, okay. We should we should have another conversation around like, hey, how do you find innovative ideas? You know, and how do you how do you step up in or FTE positions? Yeah. Much in the same way that we've had experiences with with consulting, because I think there's a lot of crossover of like, you man, like you could you have the extra steps and challenges in there um, to navigate. And and some of that might be a little bit complex, but we're almost 10 minutes over.
0: Our I know. Time. I, I'm going to say these are two topics I think are very relevant. Like one is how do you find innovative changes in a company? That's probably one that's a good topic. And then another one around that is like, and how would you sell change? How do you sell the change to your company? What's the pitch? What's it look like? How do you, how do you convince people that what you're doing is going to be sustainable? And yeah, there's a whole ball of wax with that one. Well, with this I one, on the board. I think I think we okay, good. Uh, I think we are officially wrapped. Thank you very much for the conversation. For those of you who have been on the uh, the YouTube chat and the LinkedIn chat, thank you very much for your participation. Your comments are awesome. Uh, it seemed like you you're you're really thinking through this uh, topic with us as well. We appreciate you very much. Our only ask with the the Explicit Measure Podcast is that you please, uh, if you enjoyed this, if you found some value from it, learn something, maybe laughed a little bit. Share it with somebody else. Uh, give someone else a link to it and say, hey, I enjoyed this. This was good. Uh, we recommend uh, or we would ask that you would recommend it to somebody else. If you don't, didn't catch it live, where else can you find the podcast, Tommy?
2: You can find the podcast anywhere they're available. Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcasts. Just search for us. Uh, subscribe. Leave a rating on Spotify and Apple. Helps us a lot. And like I said, join us live Tuesdays and Thursdays. Our episodes drop
0: bi-weekly. Usually usually. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you all very much. We'll see you on Thursday.